apple is like a ship with a hole in the bottom, leaking water. And my job is to get the ship pointed in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the Arm Yourself podcast presented by Arlenko Distribution. My name is Dustin Neal and I'm here with Cameron Cole. And today on the show, we have a couple of extra special guests. We are super lucky to be joined today by the president and COO of Prodatiki, Mr. Jeff Perry. Thanks so much for being here, Jeff. We appreciate it. Good morning. Great to be with you. Uh, we also have Dallin Labram. He's the director of sales for Prodatiki. Thanks for being here, Dallin. My pleasure. Awesome. Um, we, uh, I guess we should just get right into it, Cam. Would yeah. You, you so any, any- uh, let me just explain my history with Jeff. Sure. Go ahead. So I, I think it was probably 10 years ago, maybe more, I was selling at one of the de- integrators here in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And I got a phone call from Jeff and I didn't know him from Adam. I had no idea who he was. And he, he said, hey, one of your customers is looking at doing an access control system. And would you be interested in going down and giving them a number or a bid? So two things impressed me about this. The first is most manufacturers will actually go right to a distributor like an ADI or an Annexter and say, hey, who have you got that can give these guys a quote? And that, that's tricky. So uh, because you're, in, you're inviting in all these other variables into the sales ecosystem. So uh, basically what he did was he bypassed that and, and called me direct and said, hey, this is one of your customers. He did the work to figure out who our, my customer or our, our customer was and then called us and said, hey, this is your customer and they're looking at the system. So to me, it just showed a lot of integrity on uh, Prodatiki's part, well, on Jeff's part, actually. And um, it was super impressive. So yeah. unfortunately, and then this was a very large car dealer down in uh, Southern Valley. Mm-hmm. So for the people that are not in Salt Lake Valley, it's down at, down at the south end of, of where we live. But a very big car dealer. They have like a lot of uh, memorabilia. And uh, we had a lot of security devices installed in this in this facility. Unfortunately... They decided that we were a little too high on our number for access control, and they they opted not to do it. But what it did was it introduced the product to me um, in such a way that, uh, first of all, it created a positive impression for the product. Um, I, you know, too all too often we re- we relied on manufacturer sorry distributors to bring the product to us or the manufacturer to bring the product in and then they ex- expected us to do the work so jeff was handing off a sale basically um, or an opportunity to sale and the other thing that it did was it it uh, forced me to learn the technology he invited me to his office so i drove down and um he took me through it personally, through the product and everything, and uh, super impressive. So uh, he probably doesn't know this, but I bid that product almost exclusively after that uh, because, um, of, of, first of all, learning how awesome it was, but secondly, because I loved the fact that the company took, the manufacturer themselves took interest in me on such a high level. 
We so that. Yeah. anyway, it was awesome. And, maybe and if, it was a good product. If I can talk a little bit. Please, yeah. That, because that's that's really the foundation behind who we are. And 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 Dallin, when he joined us um, a while back, has really taken that baton and 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 ran with it. Um, it's it's very set into his ideals that we're a very dealer centric organization. So mm-hmm. you'll find that that's still true today. That when when we get a call or we interact with an end user, whatever the means might be, that a conversation immediately happens with the dealer, um, and and we're a distribution centric organization. So there's some real value behind both of those. And I'll let Dallin it's, talk. There's a, a lot bit of reciprocity that. in sales, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's it's easy to to take something and run with it, mm-hmm. but to get the right people involved um, takes a little bit more work. But for us, it's it is about that loyalty. And well, you you, if I recall correctly, you built the relationship with or had an existing relationship with our technical guy, the IT guy, sure, or or maybe it was somebody else there. But um, I I got other sales through those guys. Great. You know, I, I sold some security extensions. I sold a bunch of uh, surveillance system. They were interested in that. I mean, I, I promised Jeff, I, I tried like, like heck to, <laughs> to sell the pro data key line because I wanted to see it go in and I wanted to understand it better. Yeah. I remember the application. That yeah. I, I it was, it was actually kind of disappointing that we didn't get that. So, yeah. but it's okay. You know, we got other stuff and, and it worked out well. And I love the, I love the platform. Yeah. So right. anyway, yeah. I was thinking, I mean, there might be listeners out there who don't know a lot about ProDataKey. Maybe we should give them like the overview. I mean, it's, it's cutting edge access control type of stuff. But what do you guys do? Maybe this is a question for Dallin then is, I mean, what, what do you guys do over there at ProData? I would say the best definition for what we do is mobile-based access control. Mm-hmm. So the number one feature that everybody wants on anything is ease of use. That's the number one by a long shot. Ease of use in their home, ease of use in their entertainment, ease of use in their access control. Mm -hmm. So what what Jeff and everyone at ProDataKey has done on the product line has introduced uh, an access control option that is so convenient yet so secure that the two have merged. That's been that in the past, that's been the the sacrifice, right? If I want convenience, I have to sacrifice security. And if I want security, I have to sacrifice convenience. Mm -hmm. What cloud-based access control gives us is the best of both of those worlds. So not only do we have one of the tightest white papers of security that you can possibly get, we're also offering you the most ease of use out of any access control option from installation to end user use. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. And we've also seen this dichotomy like Dallin's talking about between home automation and commercial automation. We've seen that for years and you would, you would say that it's, ran between five and 10 years behind on the commercial side. So when I would, when I would be, uh, while I'd be sitting on my couch and push a button on my remote and all of a sudden this scene happens, right? My lights dim, my TV turns on, it turns to my favorite channel. You know, all of these happen, all of these things happen, uh, from my remote or then it moved, it evolved to your smartphone, right? Or a tablet that was meant for that automation platform. Um, the issue is, is then you would go to work 
And now all of a sudden, everything became very antiquated, difficult to use. I had to go to a terminal or I had to you know, do an RDP remote desktop into the system if I wanted some sort of mobile uh, uh, capability from my laptop. So everything was significantly more difficult. And, and we still see that today. Yeah. So, and let me try not to destroy this microphone here, but um, so that, that really kind of begs the first, brings up the first question. And that is, um, let me try and do this while I'm not talking. <laughs> um, mobile access control that didn't really exist before ProDataKey in, in a effective way, right? Not, so you guys not, had not in a hundred percent. Yeah. It yeah, just not, wasn't popular. That's right. So, and the reason being is because most platforms that were on the market and many that are still on the market today are an on-prem platform or an on-prem solution that's moving to the cloud. And that becomes very difficult, right? If If you're trying to take a Honda and turn it into a Toyota, there's a lot of work that has to happen. And in the end, it doesn't ever truly become a Toyota, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we're seeing in the industry is, is that the, uh, these on-prem platforms are trying to bring a mobile application to it. And so most of them can clout 80, you know, 70, 60, 50 to 80% functionality on a mobile device. And when we came to the access control scene, it was all about mobile first, 100% functionality mobile first. And that comes in in a three-prong approach that comes uh, from the dealer um, integrator, the individual that's installing it. It's for the administrator, the person that's administrating the platform on site, typically the individual you're selling the platform to, right? And that's administrating that. And then also to the end user or the what I call the employee or the tenant. So what you're going to find is when we talk about mobile first, it is 100% mobile first, anywhere, anytime, any device on all three, at, at all three of those facets from the integrator to the admin to the employee and tenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um the, one of the things that impressed me tremendously was it seemed like you guys, when you developed the product, you just scrapped the convention, access control conventions. So the primary platform that I worked with uh, was DSX. Mm-hmm. And it's su- such a heavy locally based database application. One of our biggest customers had actually all of them really had it, but it was just hokey, like, you know, all the IP and uh, the the way that the network was set up, the way that the computers interacted with the access control system. And they still do, by the way, the, the platform is so old, but um, it almost is, seems like you guys just threw everything in the garbage and just started over again um, and, and then came up with your own way of doing it. Um, I don't know. I hate to draw well, too well, many comparisons to, to like, um, Steve jobs and Steve Wozniak. But when they, when they were putting together the first computer, they were like IBM or Altair, whoever it was, they threw out conventions and they basically built what they thought would sell. And, and it did. Well, and I think it's important to note that 
still Microsoft is somebody that is, is a big challenge to Apple, right? Sure. They both have great products and they both serve two markets. So when you look at us and any of the other competitors, whether it's DSX or anybody, they've all got a niche that sure. they, that they facilitate in and and do really well. Um, but yeah, when we approached access control, it really was to change the whole dynamic of what access control was about. And and the product or the technology alone was really facilitated out of a company that I that I owned as an integrator. And it was always meant to prove that technology out um, to bring to the market. And so it really had a good proving ground um, in, in the market uh, by myself and, and our team um, and eating our own dog food, if you will. Sure. Installing it ourselves and, and privately owning that prior to releasing so it to the market. T- t- it seems like it was, I mean, it was a massive innovation. Um, the, the way that you implemented the platform, but it was also proven, the, uh, the techniques that you guys used was proven in the IT world, you know, like a remote um, access to your master controllers, you know, um, basically giving um, not only um, end users a window into their access control system, which all or most access control systems do okay, but also the tech, Technicians mm-hmm. um, could could remotely access these access can uh, master controllers, and they could remotely repair and fix um, some of these controllers. Um, to me, that was very impressive, you know, because uh, you know, like uh, some of these bigger access control systems that are out there, they just don't do that. They don't do it very well. You you would have to literally set up a remote remote gateway right. into the computer that's administering this system. Whereas or open a port or configure yeah. IP addresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, again, we understand that really well because that's that's our background, right? And so as we did this, we know that one of the most expensive things from a support perspective is the cost of rolling a truck. And so if I can eliminate a truck roll, I eliminate a substantial amount of my ongoing costs. And so what we've done in an anywhere, anytime, any device, mobile first perspective, is we're essentially giving the dealer the ability to to configure and manipulate a majority of, uh, well, everything that they could do if they were on site outside of physically touching the hardware. Um, and so that, that becomes very important. And so now they become more proactive in their support approach versus reactive, right? We've all been there. And uh, when I owned my integration company, I would get calls from my customer and they say, hey, this isn't working or you know, this other thing isn't working. Well, that's a very negative um, uh, that's a very negative point for a customer to have to call you. So now with the technology, not only can it be supported remotely, but also with our uh, notifications that can be sent via email or text you know, to a phone, now I can have a very proactive approach. The system is monitoring itself. And typically, as the integrator, I'm going to know before my end user knows that there's an issue with the platform. So I'm not waiting for my customer to know. I can now contact my customer 
you know, hey, Mr. Johnson, you know, there's an issue with one of these doors. We've got a, an individual that's on their way. They're going to take care of this or a, a battery is is no longer functional. So we have the ability again now to be more proactive. So not only are we eliminating truck rolls, but you're now more proactive in your approach, which really garners two huge value propositions, not just for the organization, but also to, uh, for the customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that is. Um, so th there might be concerns, um, not concerns, but uh, there's somewhat of a stigma around cloud-based access control. Sure. Where, uh, you know, some of the, the older salespeople who have been around in the market or industry for a while, um, it was stigmatized, right? Be because re in reality, everything's moving to the cloud or you hear that all the time, by the way, everything's moving to the cloud, but, um, this, well, and what great, everything really is. Yeah. yeah. What, what great technology in the industry, not just this industry, but in any industry that is, is great technology. It doesn't have some sort of stigma, you know, to, to, to different individuals, Right. Yeah. And so yeah. we, I'm going to let Dallin talk to that because yeah. I think it's a really important piece to cover. The existing access control market stands to lose everything, right? That's when you have a disruptor of an industry, that's exactly where you get these stigmas is all of the old technologies out there terrified because they're either doubling down on old technology like Blockbuster who remembers Blockbuster, right? Mm -hmm. When Netflix came out, everyone was like, this is not going to work. Now, everybody out there, raise your hand if you don't have Netflix. There's no hands. Yeah. And so the thing is, ease of use, security, being able to have all of that at the tip of your finger on any device, it is huge. And like I said before, you used to have to sacrifice security for convenience. That is no longer the case. You'll be able to offer your end users a higher, the highest level of convenience with the highest level of security that governments, municipalities are taking advantage of right now. And so the, the trade-off is no longer there. The, the stigma is gone. And there's so much with social media and everything, there's so much easy to access information about everything now mm -hmm. that you can just, any stigma that you feel, you can research it now and see that, that they no longer exist. And that's one of the reasons why this is taking off like it is. Well, and if you look at any technology in the industry that's that's internet connected, I'm not talking cloud, right? But internet connected or on-prem with a port forwarded or an IP address, you can pretty much go to any phishing website and put in whatever product name you want, right? And it's going to list every public IP address that that product is listed on, right? And so, one thing that you find about the technology in the industry is that um, is that technology is only as secure as you can update it in real time. Right. So if you've got an on-prem platform, right, what do I have to do? I either have to go on site or I have to RDP into it, update a panel and then update the software, you know, firmware, software, whatever it may be. And so it's a very, um, it's a very hands-on approach. With PDK, it's it's identical to Google and many other platforms that as these updates become available and we monitor any sort of threats, 
Um, and, and like Dallin said, is we've got a, a very substantial white paper that talks about the security behind the platform. And we publish this white paper so that everybody understands what the security protocols are. But if, if there happens to be any sort of threat, we've actually developed against that threat before it even becomes an issue to this particular industry. Um, so because it's real-time updated and real-time functionality, we're literally updating it in real time against any sort of threat that could happen. So it's we're not just talking features and, um, and new additions to the platform, but security is first and foremost. So if you, if you could summarize for people what the biggest fears would be um, for, for moving from a locally operated database, access control database and platform to a cloud-based access control platform. Um, what, first of all, what would those fears be? And then how would you address those fears? I'd probably pose the question back to you. How many people are using on-site storage servers anymore? I mean, look, yeah. look at the video surveillance, um, portion of the industry, right? There are many people out there, which may be the same individuals talking about access control moving to the cloud, saying that, well, I'm not going to move my servers to the cloud that are managing video surveillance. Well, you see that side of the industry moving as rapid as it gets towards cloud-based um, server storage. That's exactly what's happening to access control. So when I look at even my house, right, I've, I've had a Synology server at my house for a long time. So when I get home, my phone automatically connects to it, uploads all my photos. And I had somebody come to me the other day and say, hey, you know, what should I do to store all of my photos? And I said, go get a, a Google account and upload all your photos to Google. Because by the time you pay for a server and the maintenance of it, replacing drives, which I've had to replace, you know, hot swap drives, the cost of it, you can never get to the cost of what you spent on that server and the redundancy that you need when that all comes 100% inherent with going with a platform like Google. So now I get home or I'm at my office, wherever I'm on Wi-Fi, and my photos are automatic and my videos are automatically uploading to the cloud. They're redundant, not just amongst servers in one data center, but amongst all the data centers. So you, you can't, you can't, you can't put a price on that value. And if you took the server that I have at home, and like I said, the cost of the service, if I wanted to store all my photos, um, again, it would take, I think we calculated it would take over 10 years for me to get to the same cost of my server. So now if you look at that 10 year ROI and I need to, probably update that server in three to five years, right? At the, at minimum, now all of a sudden I'm reinvesting in that you, you would never catch up. Mm -hmm. And so without question, we're seeing the same ROI happening with access control and it's happening very rapidly with video surveillance. And like Dallin said, is that, uh, is that you're going to make a choice. And we're either going to be left behind or we're going to adopt the technology yeah. that's moving into the future. So what would you tell the guy who said, who asks, um, if I go to the cloud, 
and the internet goes down. And I know this is an oversimplification of the issue, right? But the internet goes down. Am I still going to be able to card in to a business? All, all of the reporting a little bit differently than most platforms. We keep a hundred percent of duplication of the database on site. So if you were to have a severed connection, um, it will function 100% as if it was connected to the internet. The only, the only downside that you would have is that you couldn't make a real-time change. So if you needed to delete somebody, but speaking to that, you know, are your phones here? Are they on a POTS line or are they connected via network to a, a VoIP platform? Right. Yeah. My, all of my, all of our phones at our office are connected to the cloud. We use ring central. It's one of the best platforms right. out there mm-hmm. and I can take my phone to my house and I can plug it in and I got a dial tone, right? right? I can take it to the office, plug it in at my desk. I have a dial tone. My extension is anywhere I go. So is all the functionality and I can control all that from the app as well. And so that's, that's, <clears throat> That's again, the value is that businesses are, it would be detrimental to ProData Key if we lost internet at our office. And I'm not talking for the access control because I just couldn't add or change somebody for a moment, but I couldn't make or receive any phone calls, right? So all of the larger organizations out there really lose 100% functionality. So businesses are reliant on internet as a car is reliant on gas. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have that fuel or that internet in your in your business, you're essentially out of business until you get that reconnected. So we see some businesses with redundant internet connections or whatever it may be. So even not being able to add or change somebody is something that happens so far and few between that it, it, it's it's not really heard of. Yeah. Uh, this is what I tell um, a lot of our new dealers that come on about that. I go, the good news is you're going to be able to card out as you're going home if the internet goes down, <laughs> right? Because you're leaving your office, right? right? What are you going to do? Pull out a typewriter. And so when was the last time you had a two hour internet drop as well? Right. The internet is becoming so robust that we don't even have to worry about that. We're not dealing with dial up anymore. Almost more robust than like a, you know, traditional phone lines. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And one thing that you want to consider is some market data about access control. So in order for an on-prem system to stay up to date with all of the threats that are out there, um, SDM says that you have to update your system every 18 months. Average cost of an on-prem update, this is average across all doors, is $7,500. So if we just take that average, you're going to have to spend $7,500 every 18 months to stay as secure as a cloud-based system. You could host a hundred door system for over seven years at the cost of one 18 month update of an on-prem system. Mm -hmm. So all of the, all of the stigmas out there have completely been overrun and proven by market data that we're now having. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited about the more information that comes to light, the better our our option and solution seems. Um, So a, a question, one other question that I have been asked out in the field is, this this is a very scalable platform. You know, uh, I, I don't like dragging other brands through the mud, but like Paxton Access Control Systems, I believe you're limited to 50 doors or something like that. 
and which means you have to have a network of 50 controllers. You guys have an eight door controller. You've got a one door controller. You, um, most access, traditional access door controllers have like a two door controller. Um, it's so easy to lay a system out with the pro data key platform, but I mean, are there limitations like that, that that you guys run into or? Well, you know, our, our intention was never to be the Swiss army knife of access control when you're talking about hardware. But I think what you'll find as you dive into the pro data key platform is that um, we've got one door controller, we've got an eight door controller, we've got a new two door controller that's rolling out. Um, but also when you look at our communication methods, they're far different than most any other platforms out there. Uh, we're really well known for our network-based access control, which is fairly traditional. Uh, but also when there's a problem and you can't get wired to a door, we do wireless better than any platform in the industry. And most yeah. platforms and don't have a wireless function. I've got to cut across here. This is one of the things that I love about the Pro Data Key platform was that you guys didn't try to create like a wireless reader, wireless locking hardware. You use traditional access control hardware with a controller that communicates wirelessly. Correct. Yeah. So I love the design of the topography of the access con control, the wireless access controllers that they've got, because mm -hmm. you can, you install the system, wire it up just like you would a, a, a classic access control platform. Um, and it, all it is, is the, the interaction between the controllers. Well, look so. at your facility here, mm -hmm. right? It, it's, it becomes cost prohibitive or difficult to run a wire in a warehouse yeah. scenario. Now you could say, well, it's got open ceiling. So me running wire is not that big of a deal. But if you're crossing beams, you either need to have a wire tray or you need it in conduit. You need some way to secure that wire. And so a lot of times that takes one guy a lot of time, or sometimes they'll put two individuals on that job. And so in a warehouse scenario with wireless, I can take a single door controller and just to illustrate, I can walk to the back door with that. I can use two red hots and zip it right to the concrete, run a small four or five feet of conduit straight down to the locking hardware reader, et cetera, on the secure side of the door and just punch a hole through the concrete. So now all of a sudden my installation isn't about the time it takes to run the wire, which becomes very substantial in some of those installation installations. Um, it's just about mounting the controller, which you would be doing anyway. And, and the cost of running either access bundle or something like that shielded, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. communications cables back to where you got to go. And you can do it in conjunction with our network based controller. So if, you know, again, the typical installation is mostly network based. Mm -hmm. So if I'm installing an eight door and a couple single door controllers all network based and I have a door or three or four doors that I can't get to, or it would be very cost prohibitive to get to, I can then put in wireless and use wireless and network based controllers simultaneously. So in the past, the issue that we found is that the job identified what, what brand of access control I was going to use. Now, because uh, ProData Key is so versatile on the hardware side, now it's, it's not dictating what brand, it's just dictating a communication method. Yeah. So now I can use ProData Key for 
virtually all of my installations versus having to say, okay, well, I need to have two or three brands in my pocket to do them. Right. We also have a fantastic integration into Asable Imperial Locks. Yeah. Um, and we're one of the foremost integrated platforms into the 16 to 1 wireless hub. So now you can say, I want to use a PDK wireless controller. I want to use a PDK network controller or on this particular door, it makes the most sense to use an Asable lock set communicating to PDK. And it just looks like another controller on our platform. 100% controlled, again, mobile first, all through the system as if it's one of our own controllers. Okay. In the spirit of honesty, I think we should disclaim our, our cloud node does have a limitation of a number of doors that it can handle. Right. And it's capped at a thousand. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, that. yeah, just wanted to let you guys know, we don't yeah. want to come across disingenuous. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, that's great. Uh, awesome. we have totally deviated from the agenda, but I have two more questions. Okay. Sure. Dust. Yeah. And yeah, then we'll, sure. we'll hear this song. Yeah. The first one is for Jeff. The second one is for, for Dallin. But the first one is, if you could pick out the ideal markets, who this product is tailored for, who would that be? Well, we obviously serve a lot of markets. Okay. Um, where we're- Where does it work really, really well? Where we're very strong right now, yeah. I think happens to be- um, because of where not just the industry is at, but also where we're at as um, um, as a you know as a market would be um, very heavy into education, um, very heavy into um, houses of worship, uh, very heavy into. Um, you know, some of the, the smaller, we do a ton of large commercial, uh, but we also do a lot of small commercial when I, when I talk about, uh, restaurants. So we've got a lot of, you know, 75 plus chain restaurants that will utilize these on one or two doors. Because again, as Dallin alluded to earlier is that it's extremely cost effective. We're one of the most cost effective solutions in the industry. Um, and not because it's cheap, but because it's we've we've from day one, we've built this really on the Henry Ford model is that we wanted to make access control functional, but we also wanted to make it cost effective so that there's never a question of should I put a lock set on this door or should I put access control? Right. If if we can take that question completely out of the mindset of the integrator, then it makes it extremely easy for them to also take that mindset out of the from the end user. Now, there's obviously going to be some installation costs, but for us, it's about it's about um, making the product as cost effective for the integrator as possible. Um, and you'll find that the quality of the product is superior to any other product in the industry but also it's the most cost-effective or one of the most cost-effective platforms in the industry, not just from a hardware perspective, but also from a cloud yeah. perspective. As well. Can I touch on that? Yeah, please. Yeah. So one of the things that's important to me is 
one of my ideals is not necessarily focusing on what your goal is as a company, but focusing on what leads to the goal. And so as director of sales working in, in step with Jeff, you'll notice that our pricing model, like you said, we're not the most value-based access control system on purpose. We, we set our goals and then we also set our product in line to be the most valuable product to our dealers. Dealer centricity is number one to us. So our goal is you'll see every other access control market out there or a company is going to try to make the most money. And it's just obvious. We want, we want the whole market to feel that our obvious goal is to support the dealer base, to make, give you a tool that gives you the opportunity to win every bid, to also have a superior product and to be supported at a level that you've never been supported by any company, let alone an access control company. So when our dealers, and that's the massive feedback we get, they're like, man, we love our partnership because we feel like we're being supported, not gouged, not held hostage by us forcing them to hold fifty to $100,000 worth of product on hand just to deal our stuff. We are a dealer-centric access control option. Yeah, that's perfect. And actually, that segues into the question I was going to ask Dallin. So what I was going to ask was um, specifically was, first of all, pro, pro data key, um, let me just start a question with a statement, right? Sure. <laughs> um, Pro Data Key, the, the manufacturers that do the best through distribution are the ones who protect the dealer channel, right? Because the dealer, uh, sorry, uh, installers, the, the integrators, the, the integrators are the ones that are out beating the bushes. They're the ones that are driving the need and they're the ones that are getting products specced into projects. And they're the, basically the brains or the consultants behind. So a lot of uh, manufacturers, they ignore that. They go, they run out there and they bypass dealers and, and they, they force. You guys have, it seems like done a very good job with creating these, these, tools and uh, channels for integrators and dealers to um, be more effective in what they do. Can you talk uh, kind of specifically about some of the things that you do that allow our integrators to work with your product and getting it specced into projects and design engineer in front of design engineers? Um, Maybe some methods that you guys are helping, uh, sales methods that you guys are helping with to get dealers armed with the right data um, going into some of these meetings. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. Sure. Can, okay, I say, cool. can I say one thing though? One thing that you'll find about us is that we will never talk negatively about one of our competitors. Uh, yeah. we, 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 we again believe that everybody has a place in the market. Right. We do believe that we've got a value proposition that is very, very powerful for our dealer base. And, and we, and we stand behind that. But the second thing I wanted to say is you couldn't have asked this question to a better person because Dallin does this with his team better than anybody that I've seen in the industry over the last 15 years. So. I appreciate that, Jeff. Um, all right. So the first thing I would say is you would not believe the amount of dealers that we have trying to come on as certified dealers with ProDataKey. Um, one of the things that we've had to start doing, I think, just in necessity from the amount is protecting our dealers. So, for example, sometimes you'll have the uh, occasional tech that will branch off and want to start his own business, right? 
One of the things that PDK does, and I'll tell you what, it makes that tech who wants to start a new business. They see how easy PDK is to install. They see the opportunity for themselves. We will, we will call the initial, our first partner that we have loyalty to and be like, Hey, this is what's happening. What's going on with this? Is this something that you're okay with? And if they are more power to them, we will certify that dealer. But if they are not, we will support our partner. And, and we just won't move forward. We're not looking to willy nilly bring on everybody. We're looking for real partnerships in this, in this market. So that's one thing you'll find about us. And that's another dealer centric way that we go about business is it's not just to sign up every single person, right? We want strategic partnerships. We want quality partnerships. We want long term partnerships. Mm-hmm. Another one is we will never circumvent our dealers. This is the number one complaint we get from new dealers that come on. They get burned by, you just wouldn't believe it. That all of a sudden they find out that a large amount of hardware was just sold directly to their customer around them. Mm-hmm. I w- yeah. yeah. And one thing, just sorry to cut across, but one thing that we've noticed is pricing is handed out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that eliminates the ability for a dealer to determine what the cost is going to be on an installation. And that's something that just kills uh, an industry. So yeah. Sorry. yeah. We will never control that. Mm-hmm. You can charge sure. whatever you want. If you're successful in an industry and you feel like you can charge whatever you, we're never going to mandate what our, what our dealers and integrators and partners charge. Dale, okay. I think it's, I think it's important also to illustrate who owns the customer. Yes. Right. When you talk about dealer centricity, that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Not only do we have their back, but who actually owns yeah. this customer? Mm-hmm. Our dealers and partners own the customer. Mm-hmm. We, we don't. We, our job is to support our dealers. And so here's, here's another example of how. Not, it doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while, we will get an end user calling us directly saying that they are unhappy with their current dealer or integrator. Okay. Now, one of the things that everybody understands, communication is difficult, Right. These are almost always a communication issue. We will reach directly out to the dealer and we will let the end user know because they're like, give us somebody else. We don't do that. Mm, We don't. We are almost 100% effective at repairing that initial relationship. And the support that our dealers get from us, we're willing to put skin in the game. Whatever we need to do to help you, whether it's training, whether it's you know, a little bit of hardware here, whether it's a discount there, whatever we need to do to repair that relationship, we will partner with our dealer to maintain that relationship between the end user. Mm-hmm. We do not, even if it's, even if it's um, irreconcilable differences, we won't facilitate that. It's just not what we do. So if they want to do something different, they're going to have to figure it out because we support our dealers. That's just the way it is. And, you know, every once in a while that can leave an upset end user. But 99% of the time we're able to repair that relationship. And our dealers just we get email after email. Thank you. I don't have time. I just had a rep or I just had a tech leave and or a salesperson leave. And that was his customer. And we have you know, we've overlooked them. Whatever it is, we are there to support our dealers. So that's that's the number one. I would say the number one differentiator between PDK and everyone else is the level at which we support our dealers. We understand how important it took me three days coming into this industry from from nowhere to understand that the dealer and integrator infrastructure of access control and security, you can't go around it. Mm-hmm. it. It just isn't going to make sense. Any any system or any access control out there that does that is not going to be successful. And so we realize that and we we really do love our partners and, and we know that they feel that because they tell us. Yeah, great. 
So is there anything anything that you guys want to talk about specifically uh, before we close here? I think the last thing that I, I think is important to touch on is our relationship with distribution, just dealers understanding the channel for us. You know, the, the biggest reason that I bring that up is that, you know, some dealers really like to buy direct. And, and you know, in my past, I saw what I thought was value there. Um, but really what we've seen in the industry is this value proposition that distribution has brought to the table over the last many years that we've been selling through that channel. Uh, when you've got just-in-time product, like Dallin illustrated before, you don't have to keep product on hand. You can get it anytime you need it. And, and we're still giving it to you at a, at a very competitive price. We've got a fantastic uh, dealer program, and the dealer program incentivizes the dealer while allowing distribution to be involved. So now to the dealer, they can feel confident that when they go to distribution to buy a product, they're not going to be treated better with a dealer direct model because our whole purpose is to treat them the best that we can uh, through the channel that we have right now. So when they, when they buy from a distributor, um, like Dallin said, is they're going to just have an amazing experience and um, and a direct model couldn't buy them a better experience, not financially or otherwise. Yeah, uh, that's that's terrific. You were going to say something, Dallin? Yeah, I was just going to speak to the distribution model. Yeah. You know, coming into this industry, um, we, we do have a lot of dealers that come on with us that come from a direct model. And the feedback we get is, man, I don't have a six to eight week wait time now on my orders. I can literally go in that day. If I have a quick job to fill in the interim between all of my large projects, I can literally fulfill my order that same day. And so when you look at it from a manufacturer standpoint, that kind of value, you really can't replace it. And we, it's almost across the board. If they come into us from a direct model, they are just so happy with the ease of use. We talk about that all the time from our product. Distribution is an ease of use option for our dealers. You can literally fulfill your order that same day. There's no huge wait times anymore. And we're and, so, a, and we're a huge. built and assembled in America product. So yeah, yes. everything that everything that we manufacture, and I think this is important, especially during this pandemic, is that we're hearing a lot of competitors, not just in the access control space, but many other spaces, are having issues with the supply chain. So number one, we have product on the shelf at distribution, right? And number two, we've got data analysts that work on the forecasting of our product and everything being assembled and programmed and, and built here allows us to, to be able to run those as quick as we can. So we've got at any given time, 10, 20 plus thousand controllers on the shelf ready to go in, in our warehouse. And and we've got a team of people that are assembling those. All of our metalwork is built here in Utah by uh, two manufacturers. And, uh, and so both of our metal warehouses build them. All of the powder coating happens there. All of the silk screening happens there. Um, and, and we've got product in the coffers 
uh, typically forecasted um, up to even six months in advance. So we haven't seen a hiccup during the pandemic uh, because of that. But if we were to tighten the screws a little bit, and I think it's important to note that we're privately held, um, you know, so we're not we're not held under the screw of VCs or or any of that. So I have the ability with cash on hand to to have product available for dealers, have it in the distribution channel. And if we see an uptick or a downtick, we can maneuver that by just some small dials where those that are VC funded or or other ways, it, it becomes much more difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to fund that. And let's be honest, that's the number one driver of going direct, right? Mm-hmm. Is money. So mm-hmm. you you look at these companies, is it the best for a dealer? No. They just want to make more money. Mm-hmm. And so the truth of the matter is more money comes as a byproduct of supporting you at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so we're out of time. Yeah. But well, I just I, wanted to bring up, sorry, I just, um, yeah, go so Daddy Key's available here, here at our Lake Distribution. Yeah. Speaking of and, distribution and channels, we, we can, stuff. I can speak for a year probably on how, fe- how friendly PDK has been yeah. to distribution. Definitely. Truly. Great. In every way. So we'll have to con- continue this, I think, down the road. But yeah, for about. sure. Uh, I'm, you can probably get more information about ProDataKey. Well, not probably. You can from their website. Just go to www.prodatakey.com. Also, if you have any questions for me or Cam and you just want to hit us up, you can uh, send an email to armyourself at arlenko.com. Uh, this has been the Arm Yourself podcast brought to you by Arlenko Distribution. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, And remember, arm yourself with information. Well, there's always going to be great new things that come out of other companies. And you want to be in a position to benefit from those, to have those inventions drive demand.